We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Wednesday, August sixteenth, and we'll be, we'll be going through some uh, some build for uh, for the uh, the early MLB slate. Even though we we may not have we may not have the the, the three o'clock game lineups in, but uh, we'll, we'll go through a little bit of a process to to, to build to build three lineups for the slate. And you know what you could do while you're here? Hit that thummy thumb button. You know, I like the thummy thumbs in the morning. Wakes me up. Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Uh, 1240 Eastern, uh, they'll be doing uh, crunch time. We'll be Roth, Cheese. I think Stevie's on the show. So if you want to, you want to break down, you want to, you know, lie, leading up to lock breakdown of uh, the, the early MLB four game MLB slate, which has cores on it. Uh, tune into that on the channel. Hit that notification bell. Good morning, Wataz. Daniel Hutchins. Good morning. Good morning. And uh, and uh, the, the the Mets lineup is slightly different. Alvarez is not in the lineup, and and Narvaez is in, and Stewart is in for Vientos. So uh, once that updates in the bat, I'll start uh, looking looking at lineups. I mean some. I mean I'm going to look to build three lineups. Like in like real time on on the show, but uh, I I, res- I reserve the right to change them because this Diamondbacks Rockies game is the three ten p.m. Eastern, the Rays Giants game is three forty five p.m. Eastern. I don't even think we're gonna get lineups by. I mean, it's quite possible you don't get you don't get the Rays Giants lineups even by lock at one ten, right? It's one ten lock, right? One ten for the Tigers Twins game and the Pirates Mets game. Yeah, so. So obviously, you know, if people are not in the lineups and everything, I'll I'll, I'll switch them up. I'll switch them around. Uh, but uh, we could go through and see. I mean, how many Mets lineups are we going to really have? Well, I guess so. Against Oviedo? I don't know. So taking a look at this slate. If you have any questions, obviously, feel free to post them in the 
in the chat, the YouTube chat here. I'm going to be using Lineup HQ, which you can get. You get Lineup HQ. You get uh, the ownership projections, the player projections. You get everything. Combo. You get all the sports. NFL's coming up. Right? You get it all. Click on that link in the description. Become a Roto-Grinders premium member. You also get uh, access to my Blenders Game Theory Discord. You can talk to me whenever the hell you want. Click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. Also, programming note, there will be no show tomorrow. There will be no show Friday. So Thursday, Friday. You're not going to see me again until Monday. And James will not be on on Monday because he'll be returning from the live final. And we'll be starting to talk about NFL, right? A primer. We'll go through, you know, the leading up. You know, we got the... two and a half weeks from then until the start of the regular season. And uh, if you have any NFL DFS questions, specifically NFL DFS or anything, I mean, it could be any question. Send them to me questions at theory of And I'll cover them on the show. These are especially for the people that don't necessarily watch the show live and turn up in the YouTube chat questions at theory of But remember no show tomorrow, no show Friday. Right, I'm, I'm not going to be playing the MMA slate either, the, the pay-per-view slate, uh, regardless. Right, I'm, I'm going down today to Nashville, and then on Saturday I'll be in Lexington, so I'll be traveling around. So I will, I will be away. What does this? Hopefully, we'll see you at noon because you've been making me some loot on Prize Picks. Yeah, I'm, that's on my, that's on my personal channel. Right, right after this at noon, I do, I do like Prize Picks, underdog, sports betting, anything. Go through, see what's on the board, teach people about how to find value and constant and basic concepts, statistical and otherwise, in, in sports betting. So obviously, you could you could check that out on my own channel. You could subscribe to Jordan Cooper on, on, on YouTube. But let's see, let's reload this. Let's hopefully, hopefully we get the, the Mets. I mean, I'll I'm gonna go through this regardless, even if we don't have the Mets lineup then. Because like I said, I had uh 11 of two. Is it getting the Mets lineups in? Mets lineup. Mets line. Okay, no, it still has Alvarez in. Still has Alvarez and Vientos in. But I will. I will do. I will do this anyway, even though it's even though it's not in. Because I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to redo it anyway. The, the, we're not half the lineups aren't gonna be in by the time the show is over, right? So what I typically what I typically do is that I you know it's oh it's a four game slate. I take a look you know take a look at the pitching. I can tell just from projections that. Like, Maeda projects so far ahead of so many other people. Like, Taylor McGill at 101 pitches against the Pirates. Seems like, you know, value, I guess. I mean, it's a smaller slate, so you're you're more inclined to kind of go for direct leverage. Obviously, direct leverage would be playing the Tigers against Maeda. Uh, but Maeda also projects for more than four points higher than any other pitcher. But then it seems like the difference between McGill, Stripling, Olsen, Savali, Oviedo, there's what a difference of at most four points and we can make up four points no problem but it seems like kenta maeda like if you if you don't play maeda your your projection in your lineup is just gonna it's gonna start plummeting so i'm gonna assume out of my three lineups i'm probably playing three kenta maeda lineups and if i'm not i would be playing a tie a tigers a tiger stack against them of some type maybe not a five-man stack but i'm just looking just getting the lay of the land like this, obviously we have cores with very high implied run totals, so I should expect to get a bunch, bunch of cores. And also, pitching isn't all that expensive, right? My eight is ninety nine hundred, Savali's ninety four hundred, right? McGill sixty one hundred. It'll be easier. Stripling sixty six hundred, easier to fit in stuff. We don't have like twelve K pitchers or anything. 
So I look at this and I go, okay, what should I expect? I expect to get a bunch of my Ada McGill lineups, stuff like that. So I'm going to go. I'm, since this reserves are right for time, instead of doing 300, I'm going to do 100 lineups, right? And I'm just going to look for like a diverse set of lineups to consider. A diverse. I'm gonna I'm gonna start I'm gonna cut. I'm gonna start cutting and trimming and everything like that. But a hundred hundred liners to consider. So let's you know, I want that uh, 15%, you know, 20% of, of stacks, 15%. I want a bunch of bunch of them. Doesn't mean I'm gonna be playing a tiger stack, but I want to see it. Right. Secondary stack, 15%, something, you know, maybe maybe 20. A little two mans or anything. And then what types of the stack combinations? Now on small slates, I don't I don't think that you have to stack five. I mean, you never have to stack five man, but you get you get you're gonna get a bunch more of the the, the four man stacks being plus EV. I mean, in in addition to the five man stacks, so like five X, four three, four, even four twos, I don't mind five two. You know, like something like this. So I'm just the numbers are are irrelevant. Just I want to get a bunch, a bunch of each types of types of lineups. I, but I want more, more five x than than anything else. So forty percent of that, maybe twenty percent, twenty, twenty, twenty five, fifteen, four two at least, right? So I get a hundred percent. I want to give it a, I'll give it a little, little cushion, a little cushion by by doing twenty five, right? One hundred and five percent. If you don't give it a little cushion, if it can't get all the way up to 100, it'll start giving you lineups that are just like all one-offs and stuff like, you know, like, like just to give you lineups. So I always build in a little cushion. Same thing with the stacks. Like it adds up to 120, 160, because these are max numbers. So it's just, okay, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm not playing 100 lineups. I'm only playing three lineups, but I'm building 100. Then in the build rules, like turn up some randomness. I want some diversity. I want to take a look at a whole bunch of stuff. 25% hit a range of outcomes, 20, 20%, team level randomness, 15%, right? Number three unique players, salary. I mean, I, I mean, dude, it's a small slate. I mean, I don't, I don't mind leaving 3000 on the table, even right on smaller slates. I don't want any, I don't, I don't want any batters against my, my pitcher, although one could be fine. Right. I think I'm looking, I just, I just, I don't mind if I have 100% of anyone. I just want to look at 100 lineups, right? 100 lineups that conform to the projections but still have some wiggle room so I could so I could see. So I, I put in some diversity, diversity in stacks, diversity in stack types, 100 lineups. You could do this with 300. I typically would do it with 300. And I'm going to just press the build button. Just let's, let's look at 100 lineups. Spastic Toaster asks, I rewatched a few Theory of DFS pods the past few days. You and Nerdy had a conversation about the idea of not playing three outfielders from one team in the same roster. Did anything come of that? Right. And you're right. It's not as important on the smaller slate like this, but just curious. No, no. I mean, I, I've already looked into it on larger slates, right? On larger slates. This this, this happens in, in, all, in NFL with wide receivers. It's just that there are the more... The more eligible players there are in the pool and the more roster slots there are in the pool, as the field size gets larger, so the, the contest size gets larger and larger, 
remember, the concept is as the field size gets larger, you know, the closer and closer to the nut lineup, the winning lineup will be. Okay. And a lot of times the nut lineup in MLB is technically like, you know, on a 13 game slate is a whole bunch of one-offs. Now it's extremely hard to build those lineups. If you don't need that lineup, that lineup scores 50 points higher than the, the winning lineup. You don't need that lineup. But when you want to get closer and closer to the nut lineup, the, the, the one-offs that go, you know, some team scores seven runs, but no one does well except for one guy that has five RBIs and two home runs. So it's like the stack failed, but that guy put up 42 points. Now, obviously, in a 300-person contest, it's quite possible you don't even need him. In a 50,000-person contest, you, you may need him. If he, even if he's 3 4% owned, you may need him. So in a position like, like first base, like if, if you score, if you score, if you have Freddie Freeman and he, he gets a home run, he has 14 points. And then Pete Alonso hits a home run and gets 14 points. Like you, no one can have both on DraftKings. There's no utility slot. They're both only first base eligible. So it doesn't matter. No one, no one can possibly have both. If they're outfielders, of course you could have both. You could have the top three scoring outfielders. You can't have the top two or three scoring first baseman. Unless obviously there's you know, someone's a first baseman slash outfielder, a second baseman slash third baseman. But when positional eligibility is is strict like that, that you know, hey, a catcher hits a home run. Well, no one could have another catcher hits a home run. Well, you can't have Real Muto and Sal Perez in your lineup. Well, now you can't. Sal Perez is first base eligible now. So it conforms to that type of thinking. Of in large field contests, because it's much easier to roster the highest scoring outfielders because you have three slots for them, that playing three outfielders from the same team, they benefit from correlation, but you're losing some value in the fact that it's locking you out of any other outfield one-off from some other team. On a small slate, the effect isn't that large because there's only so many options. On a 12-game slate, you have 24 teams with three outfielders, right? On average, right? That's 72 outfielders. You have to dodge like all the best one, you know, if they're they're five plus percent one-offs, like you, your stack may do well. You have three outfielders. One guy has 20, one guy has 24, and one guy has 10. And you may lose to a, the, a similar lineup to you that replaces the 10 points with some 30-point guy that, that scored for that price point. So that's that's the concept behind that. And we're getting the Pirates lineup and the Twins lineup in. Let's. I may run this again if it's widely different. Julian Polanco. Okay, so no Correa. Kepler, Lewis, Walner, Vasquez, Solano is in, and Gallo is in, and Farmer's batting ninth. Okay. We have to run it. I mean, obviously, Cray is going to matter. And then the Pirates. Re, okay, no, Rebus isn't leading. Rebus is batting eighth now. Hayes is leading off. Hayes, Reynolds, McCutcheon, Sawinski, Joe. Rodriguez, Piguero, well, okay, so no no Henry Davis. Yeah, I'm going to have to rerun this. But I'm going to just, I'll go through the process, even though, even though, obviously, obviously, these will not be the lineups. So I ran 100 lineups using, you know, just some diversity, three unique players. You can see here, I'm getting tons of cores, obviously. Tons of cores, 82% Kenta Maeda, 
59% McGill, 21% Olsen. Or, I mean, obviously, once you get past, like, Maeda and even McGill, like, everything is kind of even. Right? You're not getting much Detroit. You're not you're not getting much Mets. And it's probably because you know, Alvarez isn't in the lineup. Right? Four hitter stacks. Now you're getting Twins. Right. It seems like if you if you, you stack cores, you're, you're, you're getting five, which makes sense. So I'm looking through here and I'm going, okay, what what's like the optimal? 115. If I just played, which is obviously a five, it's like a five-three lineup. It's basically quarters, Pinter, and Maeda and McGill. So 115. Now one swing of the bat is 14 points. Like you can make that up, no problem. So that's 101, right? It's a small slate, which means I could go down. I could, I, I mean, I could go down even further than that, right? So 101, I could probably go down to nine. I could probably still be fine at 95 point projection. So I'm going to look through all the the, the, the hundred lineups and I'm going to get rid of the lineups that are like under 95 and go, I don't want to consider those. I'm, I'm picking three, right? So here's some low, really low ones down here. I don't have to go that low. So here's 95. I'm going to cut it off at 95. I'm going to get rid of the lineups that are under 95 point projection. So I'm cutting out like the worst projected lineups out of the bottom, like 86. Like, like those are the those are the those are the ones that are clumped on the bottom. And then I'm going back up to the top. And I'm going to do a very similar thing to like ownership. There's a very blunt methodology. I also don't want to play the highest owned lineups. 271.92, right? The the optimal right now, based on the current numbers, which are not accurate until everything updates, 295.34. So this is 271 at 110. I'm gonna I'm gonna scroll. I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe cut it off, maybe 250. I mean, that seems like a Decent enough. So I'm getting rid of the lineups that are above 250% owned. In some. Okay. So now I'm down. Now I'm down to 76 lineups. What stacks do I have? Yeah, I'm starting to get less and less at Detroit. Getting more Pittsburgh. That should be a sign. Pittsburgh, you know, that's leverage. I mean, I like. When I use direct leverage, I like doing it against SP2 types rather than SP1 types. I'm not saying Maeda is an ace. But Maeda projects four points better than any pitcher. But the difference between McGill and the other pitchers in that in, in, in that range is like a point or two. And that's at 101 pitches. If you make Taylor McGill's pitch count like 94, like he's kind of in line. He's just he 6,100. He's cheaper. Projection-wise, all the other pitchers outside of the two pitching at cores are projected about the same. But the ownership on McGill is going to be way higher. So I look at this and I go, okay, maybe I'm interested more in Pittsburgh. Less in Detroit, right? This is what's left because I'm, I'm looking to see what's left. Okay, now I'm going to start cutting out lineups that are too low projected for their ownership. So I'm going to sort by fantasy points. Then any lineup that is lower projected and higher owned, I'm getting rid of. Out of consideration. I'm not saying they're bad lineups. But I made 100 to look at, and I'm only trying to play three. So I need to cut by some reason. And in general, in DFS, the concept is you want to get the highest projection for the lowest ownership. 
Defect asks, does it ever make sense to completely remove some players from stacks since their outlier performances are still too low? Well, if they're in stacks, they benefit from correlation. If anything, you'd be doing the reverse. The high scoring outcomes where they score a lot of points, but their teammates don't, those you get rid of in one-offs. Like light hitting players, if you want to get rid of in one-offs, that's what the only in stacks button is here on, on lineup HQ. So if you know, if you want Kyle Isbell to not be a one-off, you press only in stacks. But in a stack, it benefits. The team put team puts up twelve runs, and each each batter gets five six at bats. That benefits you. That's the biggest correlate plate appearance correlation. You want that. Okay, so two forty two. I'm going to get rid of lineups that are under two that are. See, this is 249% owned and a point lower in projection. So I'm going to get rid of this lineup because it's lower projected, but higher owned. 242, 245. So I need to beat 242. Here's 241, 219, 243, too high. 225, too high. 214 is fine. Get rid of this. 214, we got to beat 214. 210, okay, I, I messed up. I, I eliminated that also. Got to beat 210. This is just, I'm d- doing this as a dummy process because obviously the lineups have changed since I generated lineups. 210, 214, 214. Is there anything that beats 24205? Seems like this lineup seems pretty good. With a as a one-off, Stripling, McGill. That ain't a bad lineup. 205, 214. Okay, so we got to beat 205 now. So now we're down to 51 lineups. Final lineup that's lower than 205.3. Here's 205.13. We got to beat 205 now. Here's 202.76. Okay, keep on going. 194. As we go down, 187. 187, 177. Now we're getting down to lower projected lineups. 177, 184, 177. Here's 161. Okay. Keep on going. Can we beat 161? We may not be able to. 148. Okay, there's a 96-point projected lineup at 148. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Can we beat 148? Probably not. We're getting to the end. And yeah, we're at the end. So what are we left with after doing that? We're left with what? 12 lineups, right? Actually, you got ended up getting rid of all the Pittsburgh lineups. All right, so we have Arizona. We got the Detroit lineups in there. If Detroit stacks as leverage. Lewis Marte, I mean, as a as a four man, not as a five man. Savali McGill combinations. Olson McGill, Olson McGill. It's it's going to be very hard on this slate to not have any bats from Coors. That's probably a given. Take a look at player exposures. What's left? It looks like looks like McGill should be as owned as he should be. Right. Nolan Jones, Christian, like Christian Walker is going to be chalky, but it, he seems at 24% ownership. Maybe he's, he's actually slightly under-owned, right? Based on what's left. Nolan Jones at 12%. Right, it looks like, you know, just from a projection standpoint, you're still getting plenty, plenty of cores. So now I got, I got 12 lineups, but I only want to play three of them. Remember, this is just the dummy process right now because... We have updated lineups from Minnesota, updated lineups from Pittsburgh. Right? That's probably why I'm not getting that much Pittsburgh. This is something that you'd be running once you got all the lineups in. Right? I'm not going to wait around. We're not going to sit here and fiddle our thumbs waiting around for projections to update for a, for a 110 lock just to redo to redo this process again. And you could do it. You can build another 100. You could you can. Remember, you've added enough diversity that the hundred that you built the first time isn't going to be the same hundred that you built the second time, which isn't going to be the same hundred that you built the third time. You're just getting a swat. You're getting, here's a candidate set. How do I trim down my candidate set of lineups until the ones that seem the best from a projection versus ownership standpoint. And then as you play more lineups fit within your risk profile of how, how much, how much, Oh, do I want to have Kenta Maeda in all three of my lineups? Do I want to have, do I want to fade him in all three of my lineups? That's that's a, that's a risk question. That's not a strategy question. So I'm going to these twelve lineups, and you know I got. If you want to use bands of risk, obviously the lineups that are higher projected and higher owned have a little bit more like cash equity. Of course, they're sharing a lot of points with the field, so there's a little less leverage. But if you if you're playing three lineups and you're like, well, I don't want to just like go, I don't want to go whole hog and play three risky lineups. You could choose to play, you know, a lineup from kind of the top, lineup from kind of the middle, lineup from the bottom. You play, you spread out your risk like that. You can. I mean, obviously we're dealing with three lineups. I'm talking if you have 20 lineups. Like I'm gonna play five from here, five from here, five from here, five from down there. Although the highest EV lineups will typically be the lineups that have the most leverage, but they're also the, the highest risk lineups. So you play a hundred of those, it's quite possible you lose 98% of your money on like half more than half the time. <sighs> Defic asked about the outlier performances, but it isn't an opportunity cost if a stack goes off, but you include someone like Michael Chavis that only has 10 plus fantasy points in two plus two percent of appearances. Yeah, but if the stack goes off, he's more likely for that to happen. And remember, you don't have to be perfect. 
Like, dude, you don't need 700 points in order to win an MLB. Especially on the large slates. Go look at the the winning lineup on a 10-game MLB slate. The winning lineup of the large field GPP is not even within the top 100,000 possible. Like, like what's the nut lineup? The optimal lineup. Go look for that. And then go, what? how many lineups do you get before you get to the, 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 the winning GPP lineup? Some slates, it's like 100,000 lines because it's like a whole bunch of one-offs, right? All the best scoring one-offs, a 2% on pitcher, that type of shit. And then the net, what's the second nut lineup? It's removing one of those players for the, the second highest scoring player. And now it's still an all one-off lineup. And then the next all one-off lineup. And there is a two-man stack. Like those lineups are rarely represented in your contest. Occasionally, someone will luck into one of those, but they're not represented. So, like, Chave is putting up 10, 10, seven points in a spot where your stack put up 14 runs. It's, it's no big deal. Okay, so we got 12 lineups. Let's take a look. We got we got Taylor McGill in, in all but all but one. So let's take a look at the, the non-Taylor McGill lineup. We're playing three lineups. And maybe you don't want to play Taylor McGill in all three of your lineups. So which is the one Taylor McGill lineup that, that's not okay here? Stripling Maeda with a, with a Diamondback stack. Lamont Wade, Piguero, Nolan Jones. Okay, so let, we're going to choose this. Because we've already curtailed it down to like ownership versus projection-wise. We're, we're pretty good. 102, 205% owned. Okay, so we're gonna, we'll play that one, for example. So we don't have to play McGill in all three of our lineups. We're making that choice. Is that a strategic decision? No, which is like risk, risk-wise. I don't want to play McGill in all three of my lineups. Okay. You don't mind playing Maeda in all three of your lineups. You don't want to play McGill in all three of your lineups. And maybe you don't want to play Ross Stripling in any more than one of your lineups. Well, then you already picked the Ross Stripling lineup. Get rid of the other, get rid of the other Ross Stripling lineup. Right, so you could go here and go. Okay, already already picked this one down here, so I'm going to get rid of the other two Ross Stripling lineups. Okay, yeah, but we picked the Diamondback stack. So it's like, what 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 other stacks? We got Detroit as leverage, right? Detroit's still here. Maybe we're going to play. We'll play one leverage. Well, that that'll be our risky one. Some type of leverage stack. I don't think it's a five man. I think these are all four man Detroit stacks, right? You mix it with Arizona, you mix it with Coors, Savali McGill, Olsen McGill, right? Olsen McGill, another Olsen McGill. Uh, let's see who's in, who's in our saved lineups. To spread it, spread it out. I mean, we already got Carroll, we got Herrera, Marte, Guriel. We don't we don't have Charlie Walker. So maybe we play the Detroit lineup with Charlie Walker. Right, because any of the lineups are fine. So it's like, here's Christian Walker or Charlie Walker. Christian Walker, Christian Walker. Okay, so we'll play the Detroit lineup with Christian Walker. There we go, that one. Get rid of the other two. Okay, so what do we got now? Now we got two lineups. We got two Kettle Marte lineups. So maybe we don't want to play a third Kettle Marte lineup. Right, we're spreading it out. So I go to Kettle Marte and I go, which lineups, you know, any lineup that already has them in, we're going to get rid of this one, this this other Arizona stack. 
to consider. Right? So now we got we got seven lineups considered. We already picked two of them. Right? We have a Detroit stack, we have an Arizona stack. Maybe we don't we don't want another Arizona stack. We want to spread it out. We have a Minnesota. So Arizona we already got. Detroit we already got. Maybe we take a Minnesota stack against Olsen. Right? I mean, obviously, like, Correa is not in. Some of these lineup people aren't in. We could do that. Out of these two, there's a Walker-Guriel lineup. And Correa is in the lineup. Obviously, we can't play that. Blackman-Jones, the Andy Diaz is a one-off at 5,200. I mean, we could do this. We could play Minnesota. We could play, Colo- we could play the Colorado stack. Right? Well, the five-man, it's like one, two, three, four, five. With Maeda and McGill. Obviously, Alvarez is not in the lineup. We just play one of the. We can play the Minnesota one, right? With no, with no Diamondbacks in it. We have Tovar, Jones, and Blackman. So it's a four-man. It's a four-three-one. So we play that, and there's the three lineups, right? And it ends up that you have, you know, two Nolan Jones lineups. You have a decent bit of diversity, as much diversity you can get in three lineups. But from an ownership perspective, I mean, you're playing a 205 own lineup at 102, a 205 lineup at 101, a 177 lineup at 98. Right. You're your Detroit lineup. Obviously, this top lineup is more of a, you know, obviously you're eating a, a lot of the chalk here, but not all of it. Right. You're playing Stripling. You're not playing Maeda. Right. You're playing like Pagaro, right, against McGill. It should be lower owned, right? Wade at, at 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 first baseman. So, like, you're fine. You're fine with this lineup. And if the Diamondbacks do well, like, yeah, a lot. You're you're sharing points with a bunch of people, but I mean, you'll probably return some money. But you still have enough leverage for first place. And then this Minnesota lineup. Now you're getting a little bit more contrarian. But your 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 projection is is pretty high because you're playing the Maeda McGill combo. Right, this adheres to any type of thing that you go. Well, if you're going to play Maeda McGill, don't play the Diamondbacks. Right, if you're going to play the Diamondbacks, don't play Maeda McGill on a four game slate. Like, kind of you're separating, so you're not bunching in all the ownership in the same lineup. And then you have the the like the leverage stack. Right, you play four. You know, Rogers, McKinstry, Badu, Green. The Maeda implodes. Yeah, sure. Yeah, this line of the these two lineups are now not going to do very well. You got one that could do very, could do much better. And it's going to kill off like 70% of the people that play the Maeda lineups. They don't have to be like, it's like, well, if this lineup does well, then these two lineups do bad. Yeah. That's, that's called hedging. That's what a hedge fund is. And when you build a portfolio of line, when you build 150 lineups, you're not building. It's like you're, you can play a pitcher in 20 of those lineups and then also play a stack against that pitcher in five other lineups. You're playing for all different types of outcomes. If you if you're like, no, nah, I don't want to play the Tigers at all. I just want to play my eight and all, and then you could do that. You don't have to consider any Detroit line, lineups. You could play. I want to play three Diamondback stacks. That's perfectly fine. Also, just play the lineups that are Diamondback stacks that have the appropriate balance of ownership and and, and projection. This is a blunt way, very blunt way to build lineups for GPPs. And I mean, I've shown this process on the show multiple times. 
Now, a quicker, a quicker way to do some of this is in the theory of daily fantasy sports for advanced players. It includes custom Excel tools, which one of them is the portfolio trimmer in Excel that James and I have developed. That that whole process of like cutting out the lineups in between and trimming the top, the bottom, trimming lineups that only have, I want to only trim the Marte lineups. I only want to, I only want to include these like, like we've, we've developed that. So you could ex- export, you could build 300 here in lineup HQ, export all the lineups into Excel and then do all the trimming in Excel. Very simply with, you know, there are buttons and everything for you to use. You could, and you could do it in Excel. I've done 3000 lineups. So although lineup HQ can't build 3000 at once, you could build, you could go and you could build 300 and you can build 300 of each stack type. In NFL, you know what I'll do? I'll build 300 of every quarterback. Because obviously quarterbacks are correlated with, you know, you know the stacks and runbacks and everything like that. And go, I want to see 300. Of the, and obviously I'll add some diversity. But you could do that. You could do 305 threes, 305 twos, 305X, 304-4, and then cut and paste them all into the portfolio trimmer. And then go, okay, let me start to, let me trim the top, trim the bottom, get rid of the clumping. Let me smart, we call it smart trim, get rid of the lineups in between, everything like that. And next thing you know, you're down, you're down, you're down to like 50 lineups to choose from. And maybe you're playing 20 of them and you're like, okay, what 20 do I want to play? It'll even show you a little exposures, right? So as you trim, it'll show you how much of certain players that you have. So if you want to just trim by certain players, you can't. So you could, you could do that. And the theory of DFS for advanced players, you could pick that up. Theoryofdfs.com. Hit that thumbs up button, right? I got to rebuild lineups, right? Because we got the twins and everything, right? I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to wait around. I'm going to show process stuff. I'm going to sit here, wait 10 minutes for, for projections to update. But uh, hit that thumbs up button. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. 12:40 Eastern crunch time. Kevin Roth. There's not there's not I don't there's nothing in the weather report that I think that that matters much. Uh not at least for the for the early slate it doesn't. Uh and you got Cheese, you got Stevie. They'll hopefully have all the lineups in at that point. Uh hopefully. So tune in then. No show tomorrow, no show Friday. So I will be back on Monday. Send in your NFL DFS questions. Next week starts the NFL primer. And okay, let's let's get up to speed on the nuances. Because a lot of stuff that you do here is the same in NFL. But like there are going to be some nuances. So we go through the nuances, get a little primer heading into NFL DFS season. Props or anything, any, anything, anything NFL related. If you got a question, send them in. Questions at theoryofdfs.com. Because that's what I do here. You have questions, I have answers. Monday through Friday. 11 o'clock Eastern on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.